Listener supported. WNYC Studios. From WNYC Studios, I'm Brian Lehrer. This is my Daily Politics Podcast. It's Tuesday, November 8th. Happy Election Day again, everyone. And it's our informal, unofficial, thoroughly unscientific exit poll for Election Day 2022 for the whole show. With me for a few minutes now is Washington Post senior political reporter with their politics section called The Fix, uh, Aaron Blake, with a national take on Election Day today. Aaron, thanks for a few minutes on obviously a busy day for you. Welcome back to WNYC. I'm happy to talk to you, Brian. Happy Election Day. And just so people know, this Washington Post politics section called The Fix that you write for, that's not about rigged elections, is it? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's not. It's not. Though well, we do write about those claims a fair amount these days, it seems. I guess it's for the politics junkies who need their fix, That's like right. many, many of our listeners. All right. Your latest article is the five big questions on Election Day 2022. And your question number one is a big one for watching the polls tonight. How quickly will we know? And it's not as simple a question to answer as people might think, Right. Yeah, look, um, we obviously saw in 2020 that the vote counting process can take a little bit longer than most everybody would like for it to. Um, That's not unusual, despite some of the conspiracy theories that you just alluded to. Um, But what we have in this election is the the Senate races, especially that are expected to be the most pivotal ones, just happen to be some of these states that could take a little bit longer. Um, In Pennsylvania, And in Arizona, the two toss-up races there, the vote counting generally takes longer through a a series of of different dynamics that exist in those states, but not necessarily in others. And then the other, uh, the third toss-up race, three of the four toss-up races, uh, is in Georgia, where if neither candidate gets to 50% plus one, uh, we'll have a runoff just like we did in 2020 when those races were decisive for the majority. So I would say to the extent this lasts beyond tonight or even the wee hours of Wednesday morning, that's probably a good thing for Democrats because it suggests that the red wave hasn't materialized. Um, But I think we should all be prepared for the possibility that we're not going to go to bed tonight knowing these things and we may not even know them as of Wednesday morning when it comes to who controls the Senate. Yeah. And to what you alluded to about absentee ballots, um, that'll be one of the biggest things to watch for tonight as the returns come in. Most states count the mail-in ballots after the election day ballots, sometimes many days after election day for a variety of reasons, even though most of the mail-in ballots are already there. And that will create a false impression during the election night coverage shows tonight of who's leading in a number of key races. And these days, as you know, Democrats tend to vote more by mail than Republicans do. So some races will be looking like they're going GOP when they really won't eventually. Um, And so I guess one of the biggest questions of the coming 48 hours and beyond is will Republicans try to use that ballot, ballot counting sequence to mount phony claims of stolen elections that could lead to more big lies, more January 6th type assaults, or even Republican governors or state legislatures nullifying legitimate outcomes. Are you going to be watching for things like that? Or do you think that's an overblown fear to even put it that way? Uh, No, I I don't believe that's overblown. And and I say that because 
we've already seen lots of pre-gaming from Trump allies that have been um, kind of suggestively complaining about how long the vote tallies could take in states like Pennsylvania, not necessarily connecting that to fraud explicitly, but certainly that's something that the former president was was all too willing to do after the 2020 election. I do think it's also worth pointing out that the reason, a big reason why some of these vote counts take a long time in states like Pennsylvania is because the the laws don't allow for those votes to be processed or counted in advance of election day. Um, and after 2020, we saw a push by Democrats in some of these key states like Michigan, Wisconsin, in Pennsylvania to allow that process to start much earlier. And the Republican-controlled legislatures wouldn't go along with that. And so what we have is a situation in which it is going to take longer. Things could have been done to prevent that, um, but there couldn't be, uh, there, there wasn't any action that actually would allow for it. And so when when we see Trump allies complaining about the the length of the ballot counting process, they might want to look to their fellow partisans who you know, could have done something about this in the last two years and and largely passed on it. Well, to that point, you have another article on the Washington Post site called How Republicans Have Prevented Mail Ballots from Being Counted Earlier. Did Republicans do that consciously? You know, I don't I don't know how deliberate it was them them, you know, saying that they would prefer that these things be counted later and then using that as kind of a pretext to you know, call the process into question. But there's no question that the Democratic governors in these states have pushed for that. Um, Pennsylvania Governor Tom Wolf has asked for a standalone bill that allows for earlier processing. Similar situation in Wisconsin. In Michigan, they actually are allowing processing to take place a couple days earlier, but but not the the actual counting of the votes, which means it probably won't have that much of an impact. And the, the reason that some of these bills were were opposed by Republicans is that they warned that this would be, you know, opening the ballots earlier and counting them would subject the process to, you know, more shenanigans, alleged shenanigans. Um, so that's their objection to this idea. But certainly many states, including states like Florida, allow these ballots to be processed and counted much earlier. And we have uh, Republicans like Florida Governor Ron DeSantis uh, hailing his state's ability to be able to, to, to count those votes quickly. So it, it does suggest that um, at the very least there is a means to to rectify the situation and there hasn't been a whole lot of interest in in doing something about it. And there are Republican candidates getting ready, it seems, to engage in big lies of their own Donald Trump style if they lose. Here's a clip, folks, of Arizona Republican gubernatorial candidate Carrie Lake speaking yesterday. And you'll notice that when she addresses the journalists in the room, uh, we had to bleep out a word. We're so ready for fair elections, aren't we? And yet I know like many of you, and especially me, I'm worried about tomorrow. Who's worried about tomorrow? And these back there don't want us talking about stolen elections. Well, it doesn't matter what they attempt tomorrow because we're gonna show up like our lives depend on it. 
Yeah, Carrie Lake, who herself was a TV news anchor, and the bleeped word there was she called the reporters in the room a certain B word that ends with ARDS that we decided wasn't meant for a family show like ours, but you get the enemy of the people vibe there. But she also seemed to be preparing, Aaron, to not accept a loss. How serious do you think the Carrie Lakes of this election cycle are about that, and how much is it just rhetoric that panders to a certain Trumpy base? Well, on the one hand, I think it's obviously an attempt to rile up the Republican Party base, which has proven very receptive to these claims and and believes them in large part, despite the utter lack of evidence of significant voter fraud in American elections. Um, I, I do think that, you know, if this is not as good of a night for Republicans as um, as many handicappers are expecting it to be, we are going to see those claims because those claims are really, uh, in many ways, the lifeblood of the Trump movement. And Trump has shown since the 2020 election how spouting these claims rallies people to your cause, even if it doesn't ultimately lead to the overturning of an election result. And so I, I think we had a lot of Republicans who said these kinds of things, like the clip you just played of Carrie Lake during the primaries, and then kind of backed off of it. It's really interesting that she is still going down this path, um, not only given she's in a general election in a swing state, but also given she is looking like, you know, a, a slight favorite in that race, at least if you if you believe the polls that exist in that race so far. So um, usually we'd, we'd see this kind of rhetoric from somebody who maybe thinks they might come up just short. And the fact that she's saying that is certainly interesting. Well, we remember that. um Donald Trump, even after he won in 2016, impaneled this whole election fraud investigation committee because he wanted to try to prove, even though it was fake, that he really won the popular vote, not only the electoral vote. So even candidates who win might sometimes uh, launch phony claims of election fraud. But interesting the analysis you gave of why Carrie Lake might be doing it in this case as well. Washington Post senior political reporter with their politics section called The Fix, Aaron Blake. Aaron, thanks a lot for a few minutes today. Good luck uh, covering the rest of the day. Thanks, Brian. Really appreciate it. Brian Lehrer, A Daily Politics Podcast, is an excerpt from my live daily radio show, The Brian Lehrer Show, on WNYC Radio, 10 a.m. to noon Eastern Time, if you want to listen live at WNYC.org. Thanks for listening today. Talk to you next time.